Blog Talk Radio. Do you wait? 
everybody doing? I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. This is Seth. Hold on. Make sure I'm on here. Yes, I'm on. Folks, I just want to welcome everyone again to another episode. I'm so thankful that the Father allow us to see another day. I'm thankful that he allow us to be able to come together one more time. And uh, how's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody is blessed and highly favored. I say that all the time because you can't get any better than blessed and highly favored. That's about the, that's about the top, top of the food chain, to be blessed by the Creator and to be highly favored. So I'm really hoping that for the family. Uh, before I take another another second out of um, your time, I'm going to go ahead and read the show's description so everybody be on the same page. I'll go a little fast tonight, just a little bit. Um, many of you do, do not receive the text that we sent out uh, for whatever reason, and you don't get emailed, and so I have to read the show description where everybody knows it's coming at you tonight, okay? Some of you got the little phone alert, but some of you didn't. So here we go. Earlier I typed this for the family. I said the Douglas County Family and Friends Network. Peace and blessings of the Most High. Uh, Then I went on to say, we thank the Father for another day. Tonight's show, February the 7th, 2017, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, will be fun, upbeat, inspirational time as we highlight great strides made by our family and African-Americans worldwide. Tonight is also an open forum. Then, important family programming and important announcements. Please share this family. That's what I sent earlier. That's what I put out earlier on Facebook. I sent it via text as well as email. Hopefully you got that. And so that's where we are tonight, family. Just looking forward to a very upbeat, like I said, informative, uh, fun-filled show. Tonight, this month, as you know, is black history. This month is when we highlight achievements of so-called African-Americans or black people, whatever you want to call yourselves, okay? But our family also have done some great things, some of this Douglas Kennedy uh, family line. And we're going to be talking about that tonight as well as what we have done as African-Americans. So just hold tight and get prepared for because it's all coming your way in just a little while, family. Just a little while we'll be going that way. And, uh, again, we don't want to downplay the family um, um, announcements and information as well coming your way as well as uh, other programming. Let me go ahead and go to uh, Austin, Texas, all the way to Austin, Texas. Let me just go ahead and reach out to our cousin, the one and only Darlene Douglas. Let's do this. Okay. Erico, five, one, two, nine, two, two. Darlene, are you there? I'm here. How are okay, you? how are you doing, cousin? I'm great, I'm great. Hello, family out there. Yes, yes, yes. It's always good to hear your voice, darling. Always good to hear your voice. I don't take it lightly. God has blessed us with another day. Already we have people on the phone lines, family on the phone lines, and possibly friends as well. So we want to thank you all for being early. I cannot say it enough. I want to thank you all for being early. And, darling, I mentioned it last time we met as a family show two weeks ago, and I talked about how we're 15 states strong. Um, what is your thought on that? 15 states strong, darling. That's good. Um, I kind of think we got more states than that, but they just have to let us know. 
Yes, yes, yes. And family tonight, like I said, it's, it's February, and very beginning of February. We're going to be talking about uh, some uh, um, achievements uh, both in our family and outside of our family. Uh, but it's all coming your way here in a little bit. Also, Don Jr. may be joining us tonight as, as co-host. And um, I put a little shout-out to William B. Uh, I don't know if he's going to join us, but if he do, that'll be another treat. Because uh, Darling, as she was talking about a couple of weeks ago, about how uh, in, two, in two years we need to be all thinking about uh, making a move down to our voting, respectful voting places and trying to make a change as for what's happening in our White House right now. Is that correct? That's correct, but it's not two years. It's 2018, but... Um if I'm wrong, I stand corrected, but it's 2018. Yeah. I, that's next year. Yes, yes. That's I what thought I'm it was. Saying. I thought it was two years. They <laughs> after, but anyway, no. we'll, I'm sure we will be a help us out. I'm a little rusty, y'all. I'm not no politician now. I'll be forgetting these things just like some of you do. But at any rate, hopefully he'll come on and educate us. That's, that's a, that'll be a treat if William uh, comes on. But also, we're going to have birthdays and anniversaries coming away in a little bit. And uh, we got a treat, a surprise for every single one of y'all. I'm sure you enjoy this little treat we have with regards to black history coming your way in a little bit. Uh, but also, E-Courage is on this way. Tosh is on this way. And the phone lines, like I say, is lit up. Hopefully, family will not be shy tonight. They'll speak up and talk up and let us know what's going on with you. Folks, just because we're talking about black history don't mean we're stuck there. If y'all want to talk about some other things, we can talk about it. It's not a problem, okay? It is open forum as well. So we'll be talking about whatever's on your mind as well as black history, be it in our family or in our world. We'll be talking about it tonight. Uh, Darling, I want to do this. I want to go and take a look. Short little break already and go to e Courage and Tasha, and then when I come back, we'll, well, we can talk about birthdays and anniversary. Is that okay with you? Sure. Okay, family. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in it and uh, bring on uh, Miss Gwen Burks. And by the way, we're going to do two e Courages tonight. I thought I would do something a little different. We'll do two e Courages tonight. Um, that way, y'all can really benefit from what Gwen has been doing. So it'll be uh, yesterday's e-carriage as well as two weeks ago. I mean, excuse me, last week e-carriage since we don't meet every week. So it'll be yesterday and last week. All right? So let's go ahead and see if we can bring her on. Oh, darling, and one other thing. Um, one other thing. You had some information about the cruise as well that's coming tonight, right? I... <clears throat> I actually have two uh, two cruises, and, you know, that way people, you can have a choice if you wanted to go, because did you want me to go through it now? One is Robbie's, where she's going to Alaska this year in September, and the other cruise that I'm working on is October 2018. That's Again, October 2018, and the is something like $25, and you pay on it like a layaway plan. And so you have over a year to pay it down. And it's, But this one is going out of Galveston. So um, wow. I will, wow. yeah, I will try to get that information out on the, on the web also for everybody. And you say it's going out of Galveston. I hear you right. It is. 
correct. It's going out of Galveston. It's on a brand new ship called the Vista. And, um, well, it'll be, by the time 2018 get here, it'll be a year old. Wow. Very interesting. Well, I would love to hear more information on that later as far as the prices and just whatever else you got a little later on about that. That's pretty interesting. Okay. Sounds I'll like make it's sure going to be really it. nice. Well, all right, folks. Anyway, there's a cruise coming up in a little bit. Uh, again, here come E-Courage and Tasha, and we'll be right back, folks. Invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. First Timothy one seventeen. If my story does not promote God, I am only promoting myself. Pride has a way of making me the central character in my story instead of Christ. For example, in describing my Christian conversion, do I exalt the Lord or do I draw way too much attention to myself? The remedy for self-promotion and self-praise is exaltation of Almighty God in grateful praise and worship. Gratitude for God's grace puts pride in its place. If not for his relentless love, I would be unsaved and undone. Shameless gratitude to Jesus keeps Jesus the main character in my story. What does it mean to praise God? To praise the Lord is to thank him and give him the honor and glory due his name. All creation cries out in praise. How much more should we, the Lord's crowning achievement, declare his holy name? Praise keeps God in his preeminent place. This has been a Christian Women's Unity Alliance encouraging moment. Be blessed and as always, be encouraged. Good evening, family. I'm excited to be here with you once again, as always, and anxious to share with you recipes, remedies, and reduced prices. My name is Tasha, and we're going to go ahead and dive right in. We're going to start with uh, recipes. I want to share with you a quick, easy um, uh, layered pizza dip recipe. All you need, guys, is um, eight ounces of cream cheese, so just one of those blocks, a teaspoon of Italian seasoning, or you can season to taste, a half a teaspoon of garlic powder, a cup of Parmesan cheese, a cup of mozzarella, one cup of pizza sauce, and two ounces of pepperoni. Uh, usually they come in those packages, usually that's about a, two ounces. You just want enough to cover the top, like as you would with a pizza. Um, you can garnish it with fresh basil, and you can use uh, toasted baguettes for serving ideas. So you can use that, and you can use that to dip with it, you know, would be a really good um, thing to do. So guys, it's easy. All you're going to do is pretty much the layers. You're going to mix the cream cheese with the seasonings, and you want to spread it on the bottom of, of a nine-inch pie dish. You want to sprinkle your Parmesan cheese and then your mozzarella. You want to do this evenly. You're going to spread the pizza sauce on top of it, layer the other half a cup of Parmesan and mozzarella cheese, and then add pepperoni to the top. You bake it on 375 for about 12 to 15 minutes, you know, until it's melted and bubbly, and you can garnish it, like I said before, and you're done. This is a really cool, different uh, thing. You can maybe take it to parties or just have it, you know, with, with the Super Bowl just passed, it would have been perfect for that. Um, so, and fun uh, layered dip. 
Uh, we'll go on next to reduce prices, which is, um, let's see, I have actually, I'll, I'll do four of them with you tonight. Um, over at Groupon, and they only ever do this, but uh, they have an extra 10% off of spring break getaways, and, um, and so you can get deep discounts. So I have some ideas for some staycation ideas, like maybe you, you don't want to go away for spring break with the kiddos, um, or if you, know, you just want to do something with the, with the grandkids for spring break and save some money. So Great Wolf Lodge is here in Grapevine, and they have them all over the, you know, they have them in different states, you know, all over the place. So you can also check your area. But they have 10% off of spring break getaways. So right now, Groupon is offering discounts on the Great Wolf Lodge stays. Uh, so there's various different um, prices. So some of them start at just $119 per night. So then that means you would save 10% off of that. You have to use the code SPRING. And you can pay as low as $107 per night. Now, with these tickets, you get your stay, and then you get the water park passes. Um, usually, you know, uh, four people, sometimes depending upon the room size, uh, more, you know, you can get more bands. So it's a really, really good deal. And um, so, for instance, you know, if, if you want to look at the family suite, you can get that for $170, I'm sorry, $107.10. They have, um, like I say, different floor plans to pick from. Over at AT&T, um, just a reminder, AT&T Wireless customers get buy one, get one free movie tickets today only. You can go online to redeem those, tic redeem those tickets. You do not have to go see the, the show today, but you do have to purchase them today. Lots of cool movies that are out um, and awesome movies to go out and to support. Um, also, T-Mobile has a similar Tuesday deal, but what they do is they have a, uh, an app that you can download. And you do not have to be a uh, customer of T-Mobile, which I just found out today. So anyone can download this app and play along. But you can score free restaurant vouchers, flower bouquets, $2 movie tickets, and a lot more. So um, it's for T-Mobile customers. It's, it's you know promoted through T-Mobile, but you do not have to be a customer. I guess that's a way for them to also lure you on over. Over at Kate Spade, they are right now they're um, hosting their 75% off surprise sale, which is right in time for Valentine's, guys. This would be a great uh, way to get, you know, a really nice bag for a little bit of nothing. So right now they have, you know, up to 75% off. It's through February, uh, let's see, 9th. So I think you have a few days. Let's see, what's today's date? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we have a couple days there. So, um so 75% off, again, like I say, shipping adds $5 to ship to the U.S., um, but if you spend $175 or more, it's free shipping over there. And lastly, I want to speak to you about remedies. Melatonin, which is a natural, um, uh, melatonin does occur naturally in the body, but you can purchase it as a supplement. And so sometimes it's used to treat jet lag, sleep problems, insomnia, and it's uh, also used to help control sleep patterns for people who work night sleep. So it prevents and reduces problems with sleeping and confusion after surgery sometimes, and um, also reducing chronic clusters of you know headaches like if you're not getting good sleep. So guys, check out melatonin. It's maybe a good thing you can add to your diet and supplementation, and hopefully you can get a good night's sleep. All right. Well, thanks guys again. It's been a pleasure as always. God, thanks for allowing me to be a part of this program, and you guys have a good evening and God bless.
Okay, we're back. I'll let that play in the background. Again, you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth, grandson of Azalee Douglas Booker. Her husband's name was Caleb. I don't mention his name enough, but okay. And then we have Darlene Douglas all the way from Austin, Texas. And Darlene, go ahead and let her know again, those who may not know you, who your father is and his father. Okay, my name is Darlene Douglas. I am the daughter of Ellis Douglas, and I am the granddaughter of Ennis and Idaho's Cliff Douglas. Okay, folks, and you listen to the Douglas County Family Friends Network. Like I said, tonight, a lot coming at you, black history, black history, and more black history. Uh, we're going to have a guest on tonight. Uh, I mentioned earlier we're going to um, be doing birthdays and anniversaries. So at this time, we'll go ahead and do the uh, the birthdays. Uh, darling, you have those ready? <coughs> do we have a lot of them? Let me ask you I, that first. It, it's a good number. It's a good number. Okay. And, folks, again, we do call birthdays of those that are no longer on the planet, but are with us in spirit. We're very serious about that. I do not want to bury our memories so of our, our, our relatives. So we continue to call their names out because uh, we want everybody to, number one, know who we are, who they are, and uh, that it's their birthday. It's a good time to remember them. And so that's why you hear names of people that have already passed. Don't be alarmed by it. We're just trying to be family here, okay? Um, let's see what we got here. I'll play a little birthday song. Let's see what we can get here. Something a little different. Okay, darling, whatever you got, go ahead, and I will start up the little music here. We'll play a little MJ. Been liking to do him with the birthdays. Nice little background. Okay. So who you got? Okay. Uh, we have Josephine Douglas Miller and the twin sister Ernest Rosenberg, and that is February the first. Those are Uncle Dugan's twin daughters. All right. We have well, happy birthday. And what date was it? The first of February. We'll have a belated birthday, family. Oh, you know, it may be the second. Um, if I'm wrong, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm wrong, someone can call in and correct me. I know they celebrate. Oh, it. oh, oh, and, and one other thing, please, let me just interrupt you, darling, just for a second. I forgot to mention something. Uh, Gwen Burks, if you can't get, get a hold of me, uh, I don't know what happened. Your video started counter in the middle, and I don't want you, I don't want her to think that, uh, you know, want her to know that they're not playing her videos right, her audio about the e-carriage. just have to get that out of the way. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Sonia Sims, the second. That's Uncle Dugan also. Ivory Douglas, the third. Okay. Happy and birthday, family. Today, today is Simi, Simi Barbara. Um, we call him Petey. This is um, my Uncle Carl Wayne. Son. And we also have Janelle Watson, which is Janice's daughter. Today is okay. the seventh, right? Today is their birthday. Um, well, happy birthday, family, again. Those whose birthdays have passed, have belated. We have Irene Booker Rhymes, the 10th. 
Okay, well, that's my Your mother. Mom. And again, again, happy, happy birthday. Okay. Donald Shaw Jr., the 10th. He'll be on Hopeless tonight. Yeah. We have a Courtney, the 10th, and I have, I don't have a last name on Courtney. Courtney. Where is it? Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, family, anybody that listen, you know Courtney, and you know when it's her birthday. Hopefully it's a her. Sometimes Courtney's a he. So let us know. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, we have <laughs> we have our very own Seth Turner, the eleventh. Oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. Let me see. Oh, I don't even know what day that is. Let's see. I have. I, uh, yeah, I think this is Saturday. <laughs> my, so that my birthday will be this Saturday, family. Just so y'all know, hit me up on Facebook. I'd like to hear from you. Then also the 11 is my aunt Sheila Douglas. Birthday is the 11th. Oh, uh, happy birthday yeah. to Darlene's aunt. And we have Brooklyn Paige Brown. I have a Brooklyn. Erica Stover. Hold on, let me say happy birthday to my little niece. Great okay. niece. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Don't want to get in trouble with her. <laughs> uh, we have Erica and Eric Stovall, twins. These are gays, gays uh, twins, uh, which is my aunt, Iopi's grandkids. Okay. <laughs> we have Donna, Donna Brown, the 24th. And we have Nikki Brown, the 24th. These are sisters, and they are my nieces. Um, Ebony Bibbins, the 26th, and that's my niece. Kevin Thompson, the 26th. That's my sister's son. That's Moppy's son, Averna's son. Okay, then we have a Calvin Wayne Thomas, the 26th. That's his brother, I guess. Yeah, I think they have to. What, what dates were those birthday wines? The, tw- the 26th. Both of them? Uh-huh. I don't know why I forgot that. Boy, I'll tell you. Anyway. I was about to ask you if they was twins, so I guess not. <laughs> no, they're not. But they were okay. born on the same day, a different year. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Antoinette McHare, the 28th. Is it Gina Antoinette McHare? Is that your niece? Oh, you, oh you're talking about Mahia, M-A-M-E-H-I-A. Gia, yes, thank you. Uh, happy birthday to Gia. Yes, Mahia is okay. a hard name, I know. It is a hard name. We always mispronounce it. Okay, okay. We have Kirana Kirana Wright, the 24th. Okay. James Wright, the 27th. Uh, Talisa Moore, the 19th. And Talisa is um, Kevin. Fame's niece. Okay. 
And then uh, we we have T.T. T.T. Smith um, is the 192. Um, yeah, we said T.T. Well, hold Kev- on. Next, yeah. Who are you referring to as T.T.? Um, I have T.T. Th- uh, this is Kevin's niece. This is Kim's daughter. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Um, okay. Happy birthday to all, Tiona, all these family members. Yeah. Tiona Hill is the 19th. So um, that's three nieces, uh, cabins right there on the 19th. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, Simone Spain. Is a twin. Well, a twin on the Eddie twin. side, Army. yes, yes. A lot of birthdays yeah. Sim- on the Eddie's branch. Mm-hmm. Simone and Armin Spain, twins on the third. Wow. And mm-hmm. and then we have Danny Westford on the first of February. And that's it for the f- birthdays. Well, again, family, y'all caught me chewing. Again, family, those of you with birthdays that have passed, happy belated birthday. Those of you with birthdays coming happy birthday, we really mean that. And we just love calling names out even though the birthday has passed. We just got to keep these names out there, and hopefully we become familiar with some of these names. But anyway, a lot of Eddie's side of the family, I think there's more Eddie birthdays probably than anything. That's good. That's good. And remember, family, if you don't tell us, we won't know whose birthday is who. Darling is able to find some right, of this out. Right. Most of what she's finding out is on Facebook. Am I right, Darling? Correct, but Kevin, Kevin is real good about sending me information. Great, great. Well, there you have it. And uh, we're all getting older and hopefully wiser. Well, listen, family, tonight, again, it's February. We're concentrating on Black History Month. And uh, it's the beginning of February. It should be very interesting. We're gonna next uh, next this show and next show will be concentrated on Black History. So we want to really put a lot out there. Obviously, we can't say all the things we've done as a as a family or as a nation within a nation. The way I look at it, um, but we're gonna try to talk about some things, okay? But one thing I want to say before we start talking about Black History is this: before I and darling, I love to know what you have to say about this. Just it's just just an idea I did with my kids, because there's so many inventions. Black people have invented this. Black people have invented that. I think if we can just understand family and friends, how dark-skinned people had to have been first on this planet, how God made man from the dust of the earth. And that how all the other nations come from these two people in their garden, I believe. Then, even though we're going to miss a whole lot of inventions, a whole lot of things we've done as a people, if you can just understand that, that black, brown people is the color that the dirt is that God said he made man from. Not only that, but white skin comes from black people. This is why I believe we're one family. If we can just remember that, that's what I tell my kids. If you can remember this, 
then you'll know that it's more than just what we're saying in February. February, the whole concept of, I'm glad they gave us a month, darling, and family. I'm glad they gave us this month or they said let's stop and really cater to black people on this month. That's really nice, really and truly. But my black history is 24-7, 365 days a year. Okay, we got to remember that these little things, and I and I and I'm, I'm getting to where I, as much as I love Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm and all these people we hear all the time, I don't want to hear them every February because it's an insult to our intelligence. There's thousands upon thousands of black mothers that will never hear about fathers, will never hear about that walk their kids, raise their kids, discipline their kids, take care of their kids financially, some of them spiritually, some of them emotionally, and they've been doing it forever. And thousands and thousands of years they've been doing it. So black history is a token, uh, just a, a, a fraction, a tiny fraction of what we have done. So I want to do something a little different. I want to start off by playing something. If Darlene don't have something, I'm, I'm first going to check with her real quick. But I, if she don't have anything, I want to start off talking about playing something about Black Wall Street, about Tulsa. Tulsa has something called Black Wall Street. These folks, this is when our people, well, let me back up. I'm going too fast. Darling, did you have anything on black history that you want to just wait and just present later, or, or how, do you, how do you feel? We're going to, I'm going to wait until my guests come on. Okay, good. We do have that surprise coming. So, uh let me do this. I'm going to go ahead and play two clips, folks. One of them is what Black Wall Street is all about. The second one is an actual survivor, a 92-year-old lady who was part of Black Wall Street. you got to hear this. Many of you don't hear, know about this. Some of you do know about it, but even the ones that do know about it, you might hear some things tonight that you did not know existed with regards to Black Wall Street. Again, this was a time when black people did just what they needed to do. They began to spend money among their own businesses, catering to their own business, catering to their own business. And they had all types of hospitals and restaurants and private planes. I'm serious, folks. They had, they was doing very good in Tulsa. But I'll let you hear the clip, and um, we'd love to, for you to press one family tonight. Let us know what you think. Maybe some of you might want to come. Maybe have some additional information, but we'd love to know what you think about this next clip. Again, this is talking about, this clip is talking about black history and black Wall Street, a prosperous town in Tulsa, Ohio, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Check this out. You've probably never read about the Tulsa race riots in history books when you were in school, but it's definitely a story that's worth knowing about, especially considering the riots that are currently taking place in Baltimore. The Tulsa race riots occurred in 1921, and it was basically a war by the KKK against a very successful and prosperous black community referred to as Black Wall Street. According to reports, the best description of Black Wall Street, or Little Africa as it was also known, would be to compare it to a mini Beverly Hills. It was the golden door of the black community during the early 1900s, and it proved that African Americans could create a successful infrastructure. Black America's most prosperous community, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, went up in flames June 1, 1921 in a KKK-led Tulsa race riot. 
This community consisted of individuals that looked out for one another. But more than that, it consisted of individuals that were beyond successful. Some of the most intelligent minds got together and created some of the most successful businesses. They looked out for one another. They created an education system that we can only dream of today. They believed in nepotism only because these black individuals had been so disenfranchised by society that they felt that they can only look out for one another. And as a result, money stayed in their community. In fact, it was passed off about 100 times within the community before it left the community. Right now, when it comes to a black neighborhood, a dollar lasts in that neighborhood for about 15 minutes and then it leaves. And so they managed to create a society that was successful. They were prospering. But it turns out that white individuals in neighboring uh, areas were not too happy about that, particularly the KKK. So this led to a riot. And the way the KKK crafted this riot shows you exactly how deep that jealousy and that envy was. What they did is they accused a man of raping a white woman. But of course that man didn't rape anyone. They just wanted to accuse him so they could go into the community and start violence and trouble. And so they accused this man, a number of KKK members go into the community, and as one black man is armed, ready to defend himself, he's confronted by a white individual who asks him what he's about to do with that gun. And he tells the white man, well, I'm going to do what I need to do if I need to defend myself. At that point, there was a physical altercation over the gun, the white man gets shot and he's killed, and then the riots erupt. Now, the outcome of this is beyond disturbing. The night's carnage left 3,000 African Americans dead and over 600 successful businesses lost. Among these were 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, and two movie theaters, plus a hospital, a bank, a post office, libraries, schools, law offices, a half dozen private airplanes, and even a bus system. So the KKK goes into the successful black community and absolutely destroys it. And so when we talk about violence in the United States and when we talk about things like white privilege or institutional racism, this is why it's incredibly important to take these issues seriously. Because when you look at the black community and you wonder why it is that they're angry, why it is that they're rioting, why it is that they're fighting back against things like police brutality and institutional racism, you have to look at the historical context of this country. You have to consider the fact that there was no restitution in this case. These people, 3,000 people, lost their lives. Their businesses were lost. What they had built was completely demolished. And you fast forward to today and you look at statistics and you realize, yeah, maybe things aren't quite as violent as the Tulsa race riots, but you have to consider the fact that African Americans are four times more likely to get arrested for marijuana. In fact, if you have a black sounding name, you are 50% less likely to get hired for a job. When you look at our private prisons, or if you look at the school to prison pipeline, African Americans and Latinos are much more likely to be victims of that. And so these are the types of things that are holding them back. This is the type of institutional racism that we talk about on the show on a regular basis. And this is the type of story that we don't learn about in history classes. And again, you look at something like this and you realize that if you just create an opportunity for people to prosper, they will prosper, regardless of their race, regardless of their background. That's why education is important. That's why making sure that you give everyone an equal opportunity is important. And that's why it's incredibly important to take stories like the Baltimore riots 
as seriously as possible and understand that even though there are those who are violent and are doing things that might be considered wrong, there are also those who are legitimately arguing about something that they've been victims of for a very long time. said to my mother, how can it be hailing when the sun is shining? There was, you know, I heard this noise hitting the house going blip, 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 blip. Here's a survivor. And she said, oh, here, I'll show you what's going on. And she took me to the front window and had me peer through the blinds. And she said, that's a machine gun up there. And your country, see the American flag on it. Your country is shooting at you. It's not hailing. And this was a great surprise to me. You see, I was just six years old. Never occurred to me my country tis of thee would shoot at me. <laughs> they tried to cook, kill all the colored folks they could see. They tried to kill everything they see. Don't make you live for when you're rich or poor. They tried to kill you if you was colored. All down here. All down here, they, they tried to kill gun dealers. Well, they just was giving them out to whites. They go out there and kill your nigger. And that is literally what happened. The Black Wall Street was the most vibrant and successful black community in America. There were children and teenagers growing up educated and affluent. Everything was right there. So someone was asking me about going downtown in Tulsa. I said, I, I think I only went downtown one time before I was six years old because we had everything we needed in the neighborhood. We didn't have to go downtown. Because of the riot, the oldest building in Greenwood dates from 1922. Black Wall Street Memorial, Pioneers Gardens, 1996. 1996, that's Wall Street, that's Greenwood here. Greenwood here is our Wall Street. Yeah, we live like Wall Street. A lot of folks was all cities in, and a lot of folks come in from New York and Chicago, and we had a big time here on Greenwood. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is all country around. We was all right for a while. <laughs> we was all right for a while. And old Nick coming along and tore it up. These kids watched movies at Bill Williams Dreamland Theater, the best black-owned theater in the Southwest. They shopped at D.L. Hooker's general stores and watched him bring the day's profits to the bank by horseback. They received house calls from Dr. A.C. Jackson, who the Mayo Brothers called the finest black surgeon in America. As teenagers, they frequented the luxurious Stratford Hotel and held their senior proms in its ballroom. They watched their older brothers and sisters propose in Williams Confectionery. They reveled in vibrant Greenwood nightlife that attracted musicians like Cab Calloway, high-stakes gamblers, and all kinds of entrepreneurs. Tulsa was a city awash in oil money. It was largely in the white community, but it went to the black community as well, too. You had an explosion of businesses. You had an explosion of, of African-Americans running their own businesses, um, owning their own homes, building their own homes as well, too. But it's also happening during this great period of rising white racism. 
recently burnt down over 30 square blocks in the Greenwood area. Terrible fire. It was for many years the best kept secret. Children in the white part of town grew up not even knowing that they had been arrived. Uh, the mayor of Tulsa, the first woman mayor of Tulsa, Susan Savage, told me that she was a grown woman, uh, although she had lived in Tulsa and had born there after the riot, but she was a grown woman before she even knew that there had been a riot. It wasn't until I got to OU in my uh, junior year in college that I heard anything about the Tulsa race riot, and I was, I, I just couldn't believe it. A sort of culture of silence had settled down, and no one spoke of it, except in the black part of town, where they spoke of it in hushed tones and did not want to convey the impression that uh, they had been uh, defeated and almost destroyed by the action that was taken. I was afraid for a long time and still thanking God that I was still alive, that my family was alive, and that we were all together and trying, they were trying to start over. I say the reason our people didn't talk about it, we were afraid of it starting again. And that's what most of us felt. Why tell our children who were growing up and feel more animosity in their hearts? An incident in an elevator changed everything. He was a shoe-shining boy. When he stepped on the elevator, the elevator was not quite aligned with the floor, so he tripped and he fell and he grabbed the little 17 or 18-year-old elevator operator and the people who were standing there getting off of the elevator are waiting to get on, said that he had attacked her. And there was no dynamite in America in the 1920s like an alleged attack by a black man on a white woman. So when that happened, he was absolutely terrified. There's no question about that. She couldn't make eye contact with a white woman. Confusion spread, but hatred ruled. Folks just went crazy. And you know, during those days, that's all you had to do was put the word out that some black man insulted some white. No one bothered to check to see whether it was true or not. You just grab your gun and go start shooting somebody. Okay, folks. Well, there you have it. Uh, Black Wall Street. And for the record, there wasn't just a Tulsa Black Wall Street. There was also one in Florida, Miami as well. All right? So there's two major epic, um, what's the word I'm looking for, successful cities. Now, blacks have been doing many, many, many things similar, but not collectively the way it happened in Miami and in Tulsa. Again, there's all kind of black banks around the country. There's not as many as it should be, but there are there, okay? There are all types of, there's thousands upon thousands of inventions all around the country, some of it is noticed, some of it is not noticed, some of it is patented, some of it is not patented. A lot of the slaves can get credit for a lot of the things they did. So please, family, when you hear of something that made it to the books, history books, just know, add, multiply that times nine, so many of our people and their achievements, even this family, went unnoticed. 
So let's go back to the phone lines. Let me open up the phone line for Darlene. Darlene, uh, okay, your line is open. And what did you think of Black Wall Street, a little presentation? I learned something. I I didn't know that part of, you know, maybe I heard about Tulsa, but I, uh, Rosewood, I think it's the, the one out of Florida, right? Yes, yes. I, think, I said Miami, but I meant I know it's in Florida. Let me just say it. I think I thought it was Miami, but it could have been Rosewood. I, I, now that that's, that makes more sense, that sounds more. But it, it, and let me just say this to family. Uh, oh, darling, go ahead and finish. Uh, then I got. Then I'll make a point. No, go ahead. Well, one thing I wanted to take away from this because it was a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people tune into the show tonight, and uh, they want to hear black history, but they want to hear positive stuff. And you know, there was some pretty sad things to say there. And I just want to know: let's take away from what we've heard tonight is look at what so-called African Americans can do when they work together. Not so much how racist white people can be and all this stuff, because that's this is just a part of the fabric of America racism. All right. So what I take from what I've heard tonight is that these people were very successful. Did you hear about Darling Howe that the dollar uh, these days stay in our community 15 minutes versus back then it, it changed hands somewhere around a hundred times? That was the most the biggest thing I got out of that story. I, what did you think of that? I, I, I did hear that, and, and I could see that. I could see that. Wow, I'd love to know William's B take on that. That that I know he'll have some say. And by the way, family, William B is coming your way. Yeah, probably around about nine thirty ish, somewhere around there. He'll be with joining us. Okay, so uh, we are going to have a guest on tonight. We are going to have a guest on tonight. Um, and I don't know if he's in the house yet, but before we go to our guest, and if you are in the house and you're the guest, go ahead and press 1. We're not expecting him until about 9 o'clock, though. I guess what we can do, uh, darling, is while we're waiting on the guest, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about the reunion, the big reunion coming up in August, so people can start planning for that. Okay, what I want to get out is if people are in need of information, we need their email address, we need their um, home address, so we can get it all out there. Even if they call us, you know, where I can um, kind of know where people's heads are at as far as getting the information out. I, I have talked to a couple of people that I'm needing to send letters out to, you know, because, you know, they're not on the computer as far as emails and Facebook, so... Uh, that part uh, we are working on. And go ahead and give everybody your phone number. Well, well, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you may not want to do that. Let's do this. Why don't you give me your email, and I'll give them my email just in case they want to email us about the, the, this about the uh, reunion, or they may even want to uh, send me something. Uh, you know, feedback from the show, whatever. While we're talking about emails, okay? Can is that okay to do that? That that's fine. Uh, my email address is all lowercase. It is darlingdouglas21 at yahoo.com. Yeah, because somebody may have some questions they want to send to you. Uh, um, anyway, repeat that one more time. Okay, again, darlingdouglas21 at yahoo.com. And, and my uh, email. Also, go ahead. 
we need to encourage people. And I mean, if you know about the reunion, your sister doesn't know about the reunion, uh, cousin, niece, and nephew, or whatever, we need people to pass the word. Yes. Very, very true. Very good. That's good. And my email family is Seth, S is in uh, Sam, or Sally, E-T-H, then dot, M is in Mary, dot, Turner, Seth.M.Turner at gmail.com. If y'all want to talk to us about whatever, that, that I just want to put that out there. Okay, anything else about the reunion? Uh, you want to talk about prices or anything? Um, anything? Okay, the, the price, it's going to be all on the letter, but I have it here. We have... Uh, um, $75 per person. Okay. Okay. Uh, $75 per person. Children aged 5 to 12, $25 and 4 and under is free. And again, that is August 3rd, 4th and 5th in August, Texas. And we are staying at the Embassy Suite and... I want everybody to know I do check into the MC Suite every now and then, and it is going. Everything's going to be brand new. They are wow. working on it. Yeah. Wow! Should be nice. I plan on being there, family, and uh, we're going to do a show there. We may do a show every night there. We don't know yet, but at least one show will be done there. But I really am aiming to do a show every night and have like a forum. Well, we talk about this, that, and the other. Me and Darlene is, um, will be getting with you on those details. But I would like to. I would like to have just like a live forum where we talk about whatever. Maybe we can discuss on these shows now what we'll talk about then. But I would love to have a forum. Just think about that family, a forum with your family members. Are we just all in the room and, and we just dialogue going back and forth on various topics, various things we can do as a family. Uh, it could be financial things. It could be future funds. I, I threw it out there a long time ago, family, about us having funds, educational funds, emergency emergency funds. We could call it the, I don't know, uh, Sonny Boy, Albert Sonny Boy Emergency Fund or the MB Dugan uh, Emergency, uh, you know, uh, um, I don't know, whatever kind of fund. It could be all kinds of funds, but just that's just a little one idea. It can be, we can talk about lots of things at this forum. Okay, we can talk about parenting at this forum. We can talk about all types of things, and it'll, it'll be live. Family members can listen. Listen, it'll be a live show, so they can be calling in uh, while we're having the live show in person. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, and so just know that. So I do plan on being there, and I'm sure Darlene is going to uh, do it up. Now, you mentioned some uh, cruises, right, Darlene? All right, cruise. We are going to take a short cruise on the family reunion. Is that what are you talking about, the, the big yes. cruise? Yes, yes, whatever. Okay. You, just all the activities, really. Okay, the activities during the family reunion, that's Saturday. I'm sorry, Friday. Let me start over. Thursday night, we're going to do a meet and greet. And... Friday night, we're going to go on a cruise downtown lake, and I think everybody's going to enjoy that one. I'm working on some more details right now. I'm hoping to get a, a bus take us there. And then Saturday morning, 
I'm hoping to do what we call a duck tour. And this is going to be kind of early, like 10 o'clock. And it may last like two to three hours. Then we're back to rest up because the main banquet is going to be Saturday night there at the hotel. And um, I am working on details for Sunday just in case some of us are still in town as far as church and uh, the meals and everything. So that part I'm working on. Wow. But, um, I'm sure you're yeah. a busy bee, busy bee. Do you have any help with this? I do. Good, good, do. good. You're going to need some help. Because I remember Hermes was... Uh, had a lot. It's no joke putting these things together, at least I'm told. Well, family, again, you listen to the Douglas County Family Friends Network. I'm Seth. Darling is on the line. And uh, we're just just having a, a fireside chat. That's another word I like to use, just a fireside chat. And family, again, we are in 15 states. That's Kansas, Florida, Texas, California. Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, just to name a few. All right? Just to name a few. And darling, tends to think there's more than there probably is, but we won't know unless y'all let us know. And if I didn't mention Arizona, I think I did mention Arizona. But anyway, so... Uh, lots coming your way tonight, like I said. That was just a little sample. Y'all heard about Black Wall Street. I have some more things I'd like to say. Darling, um, guess I should go to you now and just see anything that you have. I know you have the guests coming on, but outside of the guests that you want to share of any black, black history moments, or already did you know even anything along those lines? Uh, okay, last year, doing Black History Month, um, you're going to hear papers here. I, we were looking at a a play downtown Fort Worth, and this I think is Thurgood Marshall that's at the Jubilee Theater playing right now. Huh. So uh, that really? yeah, that'll be for yes. Um, seven was this yeah last year February eighth. Seven guitars was uh, playing at the Jubilee Theater. And so this year is Thurgood Marshall. Wow. Now I bet that'd be some nice black history right there. Powerful, powerful man, family. Everybody on the sound of my voice should know who Thurgood Marshall is. Serious attorney. Boy, boy when we missed him, we showed it. And I think Clarence Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, filled his, uh, was, filled his uh, vacancy. Am I right? Did I get that right? Somebody controversial. I remember there was some talk about they're not. Yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, anyway, family, you on the phone lines again. We're taking calls tonight. It's also open forum all night tonight. Anybody want to talk about anything? Press one. Any questions, comments? Let us know, family. Y'all got to talk to us. Y'all got to talk to us tonight. Okay? But uh, I do want to do this. I want to play Darlene did an audio a long time ago about our family ancestry. And she did a very good job. We hadn't played it in a long time. So I want to go ahead and just kind of play this little. It's only like four minutes, family. And uh, we'll be right back. It's just a little something just reminding everybody who's who and the different branches. We haven't played in a while. And I think it's, it's, it's politically correct to play this. So uh, you mind, Darlene, taking a little quick break here? 
good. Oh, you didn't know. She didn't know I was gonna pull that. But uh, it's such a good. No, you uh, didn't. <laughs> say what? Okay. I was gonna yeah. redo it, but. Uh, well, yeah, you can redo it. You can always re- redo it, but it, it's still something I think we should play tonight because we need to remember who we are in the different branches, okay? So we'll be right back, okay. family. Oh, wait, 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 wait one second. Hold on, hold on. I see a hand up. I didn't see this before. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, this may be our guest. Could be our guest. Let's see. Let's just see. Erico 512 Go ahead with your question and comment. What city are you calling from and what is your name? Um, this is Gerald Anderson. I am the uh, guest calling in. I'm from Taylor, Texas. All right, Mr. Gerald, if you can just hold your horses, we'll come back to you. We're looking forward to talking to you in a little bit. Yes, sir. All right. And, uh, folks, yes, that's no. Gerald. That is, he's going to be our guest, and y'all will never, never guess what he's going to be talking about. But anyway, here is our one and only, one and only, cousin and we'll be right back Ed 
Douglas, my great grandfather's son, Alex Douglas, and Tibia Michelle was born around 1870 in Burleson County, Texas. His death date is March the 3rd, 1945, in Fulford, Harris County, Texas. Isabel Kennedy Douglas, my great grandmother, wife of Ed Douglas, was born around Okay, and we're back, folks. I didn't realize it was as short as it was. Okay, and darling, your line is open as well. Darling, I thought you did a good job again. It's just good hearing that again. Uh, So I thought you did a good job, cousin, on that one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so you you plan on doing a new one. Tell everybody about that one. You're going to do another one, right? Yes, I am. I'm I'm going to... I have some updates I'm going to put in, and um, it should be out there soon. Hopefully, by the time we come back in two weeks, it'll be there. All right. All right. Well, listen, folks, our guest in the house. So, darling, go in and talk a little bit about Gerald and who he is and and, and um, tell everybody what the surprise is going to be about tonight. Okay. The guest's name is Gerald Anderson. He lives in Taylor, Texas. And he agreed to come on tonight in with very short notice. I am actually a friend of Gerald's sister, Ursula. And I called her to ask her if she would do it, and she told me that Gerald was very good at this. And 
I um let's let Gerald come on and tell more about himself because I I think I met him once but I'm not quite sure because like I say his sister and I used to work together and we're we're friends. Well, we'll go ahead and go to the phone lines and bring on Gerald. Let me just say this, folks. Gerald is is a, a distant relative of the one and only, the one and only oh. Bill Pickens. And I'm, and I'm bringing him on here in a second. Pickens. The Pickens, right. And the rodeo hero. So that is some serious black history. So let's go ahead get a little intro here going on. This is natural seven. I always like to hear this little tune. But yeah, Joel is uh this is gonna be his great uncle. I'm he's gonna come in and talk about uh the one and only Bill Pickens Black Black Radio, Black Rodeo Hero. How about that? Many of y'all think cowboys is a white thing. Well, a lot of black cowboys back in the day. Lots of history. Lots of accomplishments, and I'm not talking about black cowboys trying to act white or anything like that. This was their culture as well. So I'm sure Gerald is being able to shed, shed a lot of light on that. Eric Code 512 Mr. Joel, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, sir. Well, first of all, welcome to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. This is our little family radio blog show where we come together to talk about black history and various things going on in the family. So black history is where you come in and that, and I understand uh, Mr. Bill Pickens is your great uncle, something like that, right? Yes, sir. Actually, his name is Bill Pickett, uh, P-I-C-K-E-T-T, and he is my great, Pickett, great my uncle. Bad. Pickett, yes, sir. And he was, uh, my grandmother was actually named after Bill Pickett. Um, and so we've been here in Taylor since uh, 1890. So I am a fifth generation picket. And uh, if you don't know who Bill Pickett is, uh, there are four major rodeo sports uh, bulldogging, steer wrestling, uh, calf roping, and barrel racing. And Bill Pickett is actually credited for inventing the sport of bulldogging, where you ride up next to the steer and jump off and grab him by the horns and, uh, and pin him and see how quick you can do that. Uh, to be the winner of the of the steel wrestling competition. Wow. Well, I must admit I'm doing a little cheating right now. I'm online. I'm on Google, and I and I did a Google search <laughs> right. with images. You know, you can do an image search like most people don't know. You can do yes, an sir. image search. So I did an image search on Bill Pickett, and I'm I'm seeing him now. Is it accurate the pictures on internet? Because uh, uh, Darlene was saying something about some of these pictures, maybe even his brother instead of him. Is that what's going on with that? Well, actually, wait, wait, wait. his brother was. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I said, no, his brother, they, they did a stamp of him. So um, okay. Okay. a little bit about the history of Bill Pickett. He, like I said, he was born, a, uh, his, his dad was a slave born to uh, his slave owners on a trip from uh, South Carolina to, to East Texas. And um, after he was born, they, the slave owners, I live by train tracks. That's what you'll hear in the background. So, um his dad was born a slave, and they moved from northern East Texas down to Central Texas, where it said uh, his, his dad was a slave to uh, some of the richest people that are still in Austin today, known as the Bartons. So in Austin, you have Barton Creek Country Club, Barton Creek Mall, Barton Creek Square, all those stuff, all that land was owned by one family, which is the Bartons. 
And Bill Pickett's father was born a slave to the, that family. And once he was released, he got his own land out in Brinks Jinx, which is about 30 or 40 minutes uh, northeast of Austin. And he was, uh, that's where Bill Pickett was born uh, in 1870. Uh, in about 1880, uh, 85 or 86, the family moved to Taylor, where Bill Pickett was raised, and that's where he invented the sport of steel wrestling. And that's where, um, the way he invented it was that he would jump off the horse, grab the steer by the horns, and actually bite the steer in the lip. <laughs> and so he would bite the steer in the lip, and he would throw his hands up so people could see that he was only holding the steer with his teeth. So after a while, this got to be known that, you know, there was this guy down in Taylor who could throw a steel with his teeth and uh, no hands, and actually even just barehanded wasn't even known to be done back then. So he started doing that, and, of course, he got famous, went around the world, and eventually they made a stamp of him. However, they used his brother's picture on the stamp, and the stamp had to be recalled. So that's where the brother comes in. It's from the wrong picture being used on a stamp that was uh, part of a group stamp that was um, History of the West. And Bill Pickett was one of the only African-Americans to have his picture on the stamp, but it was the wrong picture, so there's still uh, actually no Bill Pickett stamp. Oh. Wow. Again, folks, black history, black history. And I think that was pretty good, pretty good for an intro there. Well, like Darlene said, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll jump right back okay. into the thick of things about your uh, 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 great-uncle, right? Great-great-uncle, yes, sir. Great-great-uncle, so, My name's okay. Gerald Anderson. I live out in Taylor. Uh, I have a 12-year-old daughter. Um, I'm actually the executive director of the Bill Pickett Educational Foundation here in Taylor, and we provide, I go around and I do exhibits and presentations at schools and museums in the area, um, as well as doing community outreach where we do a, uh, we do a summer camp um, where we provide free lunch and free breakfast for kids, and they can come down and we do activities with them, and that's in the summertime on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 8 to noon. Uh, this year we held our second annual toy drive where we uh, helped 115 kids and 32 families have a better Christmas. Uh, we've gotten a road dedicated to him in his name, which runs next to the Rodeo Arena that's owned by Williamson County uh, and runs right through Williamson County Rodeo Grounds. We've got a statue mm -hmm. being built of him here in Taylor that's going to go on the corner of 2nd and Main. Uh, we've got him recognized by the state of Texas. And actually, when he was recognized at the at the Capitol, they did a proclamation for him. And it was done by my mayor, who's Jesse Ann Sear, and my state representative, a guy named Larry Gonzalez, and they actually did the proclamation. But when we were presented the proclamation, uh, and Ursula was there as well, um, they actually gave Bill Pickett a standing ovation. And that was from the House floor of the state of the House of Representatives. And our state representative said he's been there five to six years, and he's only seen three standing ovations, and by far, Bill Pickett's received the longest and loudest. So he's been recognized really? now through the state of Texas. Yes, sir. And, uh, I mean, to, my daughter actually recorded. You could hear the recording of the, the clapping and the cheering, but you couldn't see it. So she kind of had put the phone down. And when you just hear the applause and the, the people yelling and, and, you know, the cowboys on the, the House of Representatives, the ones that are cowboys were yee and woo, and 
you know, it it uh it got emotional for my family because he's never been recognized like that. And my grandmother actually started to try to get him recognized in the 80s, her and my mom. So this is a, a project that he was inducted into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 1971. He died in 1932. So we're talking about almost 100 years later before he was even recognized for being um, the hero that he was. And so wow. what I do is I just go around and I try to keep the history going. And uh, my family, we all, we all, you know, push the history of Bill Pickett. He's still to this day the only African American in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Really? In, in Colorado, yes, sir. The only one in there, and he's the one. And so, of all the four rodeo sports, the only one that they give somebody recognition for creating that sport is Bill Pickett. And uh, he know, actually rode with Will to, Rogers. That just seemed to be the pattern, unfortunately, for. Mm-hmm. Our people, you know, I just hate to say it. I hate to be making it all, you know. They just seem to be the pattern, and no matter what we do, oh, it's right. always we'll invent something, and we just don't be on trying to get no credit. Somebody comes behind them, get the credit, runs with it, make money. Then we'll find out mm-hmm. later. That's why I tell my kids, it's a lie to say that black people inventing everything is a lie, but that lie is closer to the truth. They're worse in our heads. We've been so right. lied to, folks. So lied to. And if your great-great-uncle did all of that, there must have been some other cowboys that was pretty close to him that should be in the Hall of Fame just as well. May not have been oh, as great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just know that. One in every cowboy back then was, one in every cowboy, one in every four cowboys back then was black. Uh, <laughs> you know, the term the term cowboy comes from uh, a, a racial term, you know. If you if you wanted a cow, and everybody knows when we were slaves, we were called boy. And so a, a white a white man was considered a ranch hand or a farm hand. Uh, a black man was considered a boy. So when they wanted a cow, they would say, "Hey, cowboy." So that's where the term cowboy is supposedly comes from. It's not a term of of endearment, it's a slap in the face. So, wow. you know, the history, so so I'm right with you on the history not wanting to tell the truth about what happens. I mean, I've <laughs> always said if we got a nickel for every time somebody still wrestling a steer in the rodeo arena, we'd be millionaires, if not more than that. Million, millionaires <laughs> 10, 20 times over. Every rodeo does still wrestling, but, you know, Bill Pickett doesn't get – he gets the credit, but he doesn't get the, the monetary credit for being wow. the inventor, which is like a lot of our history, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. A lot of our history has been stolen, and they, they take our patents, and they, they take our inventions, and they take what we do, and they go get the patent on it. So by by law, they're the inventor. But we all know behind a lot of those things that have been invented have been black inventors. Wow. Including the sport of still wrestling. What what kind of uh what kind of responses you get from Well, give me both. Give me both. Uh Darling, just jumping in whenever you want. But what kind of responses you get from white America as well as uh, uh black America as well? Uh from black America I I get nothing but um you know, awe, shock. Um, you know, if they didn't know, then they, uh, you know, it, it's a sense of pride. 
um, it's a sense of accomplishment that to to know that all these cowboys that they talk about, Bill Pickett was considered the greatest cowboy that ever lived, and that's what white cowboys said. That's not us saying Bill Pickett was the greatest. That's people that rolled with him, including Real Rogers and Tom Mix. And he performed at the 101 Wild West show. And uh, we have pictures, you know, of Bill Pickett riding on a horse, sitting on a horse with a, with the guys that own the 101 West show, Will Rogers, Tom Mix, and then their white boy sitting on the ground. So Bill Pickett was accepted as an equal in the early 1900s, 1900 to 1932 when he died. He was never considered. He he crossed those racial barriers in the early 1900s that, that most people didn't cross until, you know, the 60s and 70s. He was eating with wow. them, sleeping with them. You know, so so back then they understood the value of, of what he was doing. Now you fast forward with 60, now over, you know, from 1906, 100 years, 110 years, and like I said, my grandmother's been doing this since 1982, and we just now got been Bill to get recognized at the capital of Texas, uh, trying to get his name recognized, trying to trying to you know promote the history of, of how important this history is to everybody. Oh wow! Uh, we've done yeah. We uh, my grandmother actually had partnered with uh, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad's mom. Her name was Vivian Ayers, and they're from Houston. Well, their mother had a studio in Houston, and my grandmother took some things to her when she was doing an art exhibit down in Houston. And uh, Felicia, we've met Felicia Rashad and Debbie Allen have both been to Taylor because we still live on the picket property that we've had since 1890, or actually more since 1888. And so, so you all survived you know, the black farmers thing where he's taking all of the farmland from Cowboys yeah, well, see, we, from a farmer's in Texas and so forth. Well, we live in we live in town, so we it's not a farm. We live on about an acre, but we live in town on the east side okay. of town. But we live, you know, we live three blocks from downtown. So we were probably, if not the first, at least some of the first blacks to own land in this town. Taylor wasn't founded until 1876. And so by 1888, my family already had land. So we've been here a long time. So getting, so he died in 1932. In 1971, he was put in the uh, Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. 26, 2015, 16 is when we got a road named after him here in Taylor. 2015 is when we got him recognized through the state of Texas. So uh, I work with an author that you may have heard of. His name is Bill Cat. And he's from New York, but he's written quite a few books on African-American and uh, Indian history and Western history. And so, you know, we've both been trying to make people realize the importance of black cowboys and the role that we played in the West, but they don't want they don't want that story told. Well, they didn't want that story told. Uh, I mean, now it's, where I'm at down here in Texas, it's a lot more open. Like I said, when we got his name recognized at the Capitol, his name got the longest ovation that my state rep said he's seen so far. So, wow. so it's obvious they recognize the history and they respect the history, but if no one's teaching the history, then the history just dies. So so if I hadn't picked up where my grandmother left off and my family telling people, yeah, if you know who Bill Pickett is, that's our family, then the history would just disappear. Wow. Well, 
family, what do y'all have to say to this gentleman? Any questions or comments on the phone line? Darling, you got any other questions or comments on anything he's saying? Well, um, so there's not like an annual rodeo in Taylor or anything no, like that? No, not in Taylor. Well, you have okay. the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo, which travels the country. Now, they're not okay. the family. They used to come to Taylor, and um, they actually – we used to do it. We did a rodeo with them a couple of times in Taylor, but they haven't been back to Taylor since uh, probably the mid nineties. And so they okay. do one down in Beaumont. They do one down in Houston, but that's not affiliated with the family. Okay. They do it they as a uh, scholarship program. Yeah, they exactly. They just took the name. Well, it wow. looks like um, you guys as a family have really work toward this and and it's paying off after all these years, you know, just working together as a family. Um, Yeah, that's pretty neat. Oh, yes, ma'am. You have all this, it's good you have all this written down, you know, because, you know, I have histories that go way back, but nobody, you know how you could tell me something today and five years later, it could be changed up. So this right. is concrete, concrete what you're saying, and I like that. Oh, yes, ma'am. There's no – nobody denies when you say who Bill Pickett was. You know, I've had a couple of, you know, people question the way he did it and how he did it, and, you know, my response to them is his peers voted him into the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. So, you know, what anybody else thinks outside of him is, is pretty much irrelevant. You know, it's it's like a football player that goes into the Hall of Fame. Well, it doesn't really matter what the fans say. His peers voted him into the Hall of Fame. So they're the ones that know exactly what he did and, and the significance that he brought to the world of rodeo and to the rodeo cowboy in general. So, you know, knowing that they recognized him in 1971, um, you know, pretty much cements everything that, that he is who he says he is because the last thing they're going to do is put a phony black man in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. That's why well, I told you got him. that right. You know, you so got that right. You best believe he was vetted before they, uh, before they put their name on the line with putting him in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. Well, uh, and you kind of get into the other the other half of that question. So, uh, what what's been the uh, you hitting it a little bit, but a little bit more about what what Americans, uh, so called white Americans. What kind of things you guys went through? I uh, know now they're opening up, but what have they? Uh, what mm-hmm. are you? What oh. what kind of challenges you run into? Man, I've met I've met challenge after challenge after challenge. Um, you know, at first, no, and no one wanted to hear what I had to say. Uh, it was kind of the mentality of, yeah, we know who he is, but you know, big deal. You know, and then mm-hmm. uh, what happened was we had a uh, they would do a story on us every now and then. Um, you know, but up in Fort Worth, they have a statue, a full-size statue outside the Cowtown Coliseum. It's the only statue they have, and it's a statue of Bill Pickett. And it's, okay, uh, okay. If, uh, if, if, ma'am? No, I, I wondered if that I was going to ask you about that because I thought I read mm-hmm. where it was located in Fort Worth. Well, uh, mm-hmm. said most, a lot of the family is in Fort Worth, so they know what you're right. talking about. Yeah, Cowtown. Yeah, so, so we know where uh-huh, you get. 
sober when it came to trying to get things done down here. I mean, I was actually at the dedication of that statue. So, but when it came time to doing things down here, they put a marker up, uh, 1996, I think, a historical marker. And, you know, other than them trying to do something with the name and promote, you know, where he's from and who he was, it just goes in the brochures and, you know, Bill Pickett's from Taylor. You know, to me, they wanted to claim him, but they didn't want to help do anything. You know, they wanted uh. to say, you know, Bill Pickett was from Taylor, and that's pretty much all they were doing. And, you know, I, I kind of came in and moved back here in 2001 and picked up where my grandmother left off. And, and so this is actually to get his this role named after him. I mean, this has been a, a 13, 14-year journey to get him recognized in my town. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, they wanted to name just a regular street after him, but, you know, if you come see my neighborhood and where we live at, you know, the neighborhood needs a lot of work. And so, and and what happened was that I started trying to ask them to clean up the neighborhood, and that didn't go over so well. So then we had different leadership then. Right now in Taylor, we have our first black city manager that we've ever had. Um, our city council was four Hispanics and, and one white guy, and I'm proud to say the white guy is one of my best friends. His name is uh, Brett Rydell, and he actually did his college thesis on Bill Pickett. And that circulated wow. around college campuses, and he got all his information from my grandmother. And so he and I started working on this Bill Pickett stuff, um, man, probably in 2007, 2008, when he moved back from, from Arkansas. And we started, you know, trying to get things done here in the community and get him to recognize Bill Pickett's name. And this was before he was on the city council. Well, then he gets on the city council. And he starts, you know, trying to make other people realize the significance of Bill Pickett and what needed to be done. And, you know, from there, everything just started picking up. But I went through uh, I went through a lot of grief with the city, uh, kind of because of Bill Pickett, but mostly because, you know, I was good getting out of my lane and trying to make mm-hmm. them actually do things that they needed to do and, and, and be held responsible for, for what they were doing. And, you know, wow. I still hadn't got much done as far as what I wanted to get done, but at least they, they did recognize who Bill Pickett was and, and take a step forward with, with recognizing what I was trying to do. But it was it was it's it's never been easy, you know. Um, we, we've had partnerships with the Austin Star Texas Rodeo. That didn't work out for, for reasons that, you know, beyond our control. Um, you know, so there's always been obstacles that they put in our way because what what true-blooded, you know, white American wants to hear that the greatest cowboy that ever lived was black? I mean, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be 60 years before they admit Barack Obama was one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. It, it takes absolutely. time before they realize the accomplishments that we that, that, what we do. That might come sooner than than you think with this with this guy. Well, got I'm not sure a lot of thinking that we could have him back now. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that might come sooner. There's a lot of remorse going on right now. <laughs> yeah, and, well, we just got to remember to pray and and ask God to, to number one save the man, and number two give him wisdom because uh, he is somebody's child. 
And I forget that sometimes yes, because, boy, it's a yes, lot sir. of hatred right now towards this president. Anyway, Gerald, I really yeah. appreciate what you're saying. The history that yes, it, it is amazing, amazing, amazing. Again, I'm looking at your great, great uh, uncle on the Internet. And, uh, folks, I already – now, let's get this straight. If y'all remember, family, we already talked about this once. It's not the first time we talked about black cowboys, but it's the first time we've had on Gerald. And it's just good to hear you and see these pictures, mm-hmm. not to mention uh, some of this I knew, some of this I didn't know. Now, I'll tell you what, what I'm looking at right now is kind of mind-blowing. It baffles my mind, all these black rodeo events. Do y'all have a lot of events in your hometown? In your hometown that you no, live in? And, and I, I'm working on doing one in our town, but, man, um You'd be surprised how many black riding clubs there are in this area and how many black people are actually cowboys. I mean, starting from Taylor back all through East Texas, all the way through Houston, um, you know, all the way into Louisiana, all throughout the South. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of black cowboys still to this day. And they, they yeah. go out every weekend. They they work during the weekday like everybody else. And on the weekend, they go out and ride horses and trail ride and, you know, live off, <laughs> live out in the country and, and do camping and, you know, all that stuff that that nobody thought that we were really a part of. You know, they just always thought we just worked for the man. But, I mean, we actually were the man. We were the ones doing most of the work, you know, and, and, and keeping the horses. And and that's why now you'll see a lot of Mexicans, people's horses. You you go to Kentucky Derby, you watch Kentucky Derby, it's always a Hispanic person messing with the horse. That's because they were the original cowboys. So... People came in, took the land, got the cattle. You, you said they were the original cowboys. You mean, you said they were they was the original cowboys. I think what you meant is those that worked for the the uh, those that owned the horses was the original cowboys. Is that what you meant to say? Well, I mean, what I mean is that Mexicans had horses before white people. Okay. So Mexicans have been working horses, working cattle. You know, before they wasn't, they didn't, they didn't drive cattle in England. When they came over on the Mayflower, they didn't ride horses and drive cattle. They didn't figure all that out until they got to the Central United States and saw Mexicans and and Indians doing all that stuff. So Mexicans were the original people to work with the horses because horses come from Spain. They came into Mexico first. So the original people to work the cattle were the Mexicans. So when you come to Texas or you come to the South, a lot of what you see or Mexicans actually work in the ranches. They're actually the, the ranch hands that they have to take care of all the horses, to take care of the cattle, because they've been doing it longer. It's just like the plantation owner wasn't picking the cotton. He had other people picking the cotton for him. That's how he was able to live in the big house and have so much money. Well, it was the same thing with ranching. They had to have somebody to take care of their cattle, to work their cattle, it wasn't going to be there. Yeah. So yeah, you get, it, it you get the people like who've already been they, doing it for 100 years. Yeah, it sounds like something they definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be doing. And I know a lot of us read between the lines on that. We know, but based on what you're saying, that it definitely sounds like some a lot of people in power, those that own those ranches, would not be interested in doing but I tell you, I remember one thing. You know, I'll, I'll again phone lines. Uh, we're looking at the phone lines. Any questions or comments for our guests? Let us know, family. Don't y'all be shy tonight. Uh, 
because I don't know when we'll have him again. This is some serious history here. But uh, I appreciate, again, you coming on the show. I really do, and the things you're sharing with us, because this principle you're talking about is not just with your uh, uncle, great-great-uncle. This principle you're talking about is within our life as African Americans. We and I try to tell people right. you can't exaggerate too much what we do because the half is not gonna be told. The half is not right. gonna ever be told. You know, all kinds of things were invented. You know, like I say, I make this little parable. I say you know, if you I tell people I say black people invent everything. That's a lie. We all know that if I say that that's a lie. But that lie is closer to the truth than what what's in our heads right now. No, they didn't have been right, anything. But when you when absolutely. you when you don't when us when we were the servants, at least the last four hundred years now, if we look at the life of the planet, then white people could have done so little. You don't even talk about them in the conversation. Europe is a baby. We forget that. You know, you only go back six thousand years in that city with this 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 planet. Thousands and thousands of years old before there was while there was cavemen in the hills of Europe. I gotta say this, gotta say it, gotta say it. While there was caves in the hills of Europe, that is very true history. Africa had dynasties of kings and queens, powerful uh, inventions of invention of paper, uh, metal, uh, carvings, pyramids. Right. Some people say uh, aerodynamics, not like to 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 the to where we have it now, uh, mm-hmm. but civilizations, folks. You understand what I'm saying, there, Joe? Oh, oh I, I have to. I have to enlighten my white brothers all the time that the reason they eat raw meat is because they come from caves. Tell them y'all didn't know anything about fire. So the reason that you eat your meat raw is because that's the way your ancestors ate. And I'll tell them right. that. And right. they can't and deny. It. You, they just sit there. I'm, I'm just teaching them a lesson. I'm. You know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry, glad you it. said you you tell your white brothers and sisters that because there's a lot in that statement. You didn't say you talk to black brothers about that. You say you talk to your white brothers, your white brothers, and, sisters, and this is what I try to tell people. When you talk to us, we think it's racism, but people don't know that some of these things we I'm sharing right now and what you just said. We actually talk to white people, and what kills me is white people. Right. Some of they don't give you a hard time. They like. They know that. It's just our people is just so worried, and I guess there's a good reason to be. But anyway, brother, I'm just, well, you just know, you glad to hear. what you're going to have. I mean, we're so used to not having anything. When we get something, you know, the fear of losing it makes us stop speaking up for what we know is true and and what we believe in because, you know, most of us don't want to lose what we got. And and so, but, you know, to to look back in the history, um, I mean, a lot of people gave up a lot for nothing. So to to not speak on what we know is the truth, to to because we might lose something. What about people that gave up everything for nothing? They never saw. They never saw. I know. The, I know. The, and the things that we are able to to do, and and the things you know, college, and and I mean, they they fought for that. And now it's available because other people fall for that. So if we, with with everything that's still going on, if we sit silent and don't say anything, then our, the next generation is going to be in the same position that we are, but that's not how it's supposed to be. We still have to keep trying to, to tell the truth 
and and spread knowledge to people so things do move forward. Because if you just keep acting like nothing's wrong, it's just going to stay the same. And and people used to tell me I was tailor bashing, and I would tell them, no, I'm telling the truth. This this is what y'all are about. This is who y'all are. And if you don't yep. like the truth, then either change it or or realize that you're wrong, or just don't accept it. To me, it doesn't really matter. Once I feel like I'm telling you what the truth what the truth is, and and like wow. you said, when you tell most of them, they they'll accept the truth because there's no denying that. There's right. no denying it, that they were cavemen. It's no denying that we were we were sailing the ocean thousands of years before they even figured out it wasn't flat. I know before I was in, and we gotta get back to your uncle. But I was reading something the other day, and before the first book was written in Europe, folks, it was the Moors that went up there, black right. people that went up there and educated those cavemen. They was came out a mighty nation. But a lot of a lot of people don't know those people in caves in Europe came from Africa. Those were our ancestors. Right, right. Uh, they just, so everybody Africa, migrated from Africa. Yeah, albinos, and they, you know, of course, they think you're trying to, you know. Anyway, brother, listen, I really, really, really am enjoying this. And let me look at the phone line because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this net, surfing net. This phone line is packed. Where y'all been, family? It's good to see you. I see you. Eric code 940 Y'all in the house tonight. Press 1 if you have any questions, family. Darling, you got anything for Jerome? Um, I I really want to tell him thank you for coming on, and um, like I say, very short notice. But I don't know if you noticed. Know I went to D.C. Yes, to the uh, African American Museum. Mhm, mhm. And your mom was on there also with us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and yeah, we go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it took it just a little while before uh, we kind of connected and figured out who was who. But yeah, uh, did did she tell you what happened? That she was standing there in line, and uh, a lady was walking down from the Washington Post, and was asking people questions, and she stopped at my mom and said. Uh, my mom's name is Danny Royal. She's she's the great niece of Bill Pickett, and stopped and asked her, um, "Is there anything that you think the museum needs?" And she goes, "Yeah, my uncle Bill Pickett's not in there." And the girl's <laughs> like, "Well, who's Bill Pickett?" And she starts telling him who Bill Pickett is, and she, and I think she actually made the Washington Post for for talking about that. You know, we've actually said, we actually sent President Obama a huge. Uh, oil painting of Bill Pickett um, Now I never re- got confirmation That he received it or he didn't receive it But my daughter wrote him a letter And he actually wrote her a letter back And um, they oh. did an article on her In the Taylor paper But we actually sent him a huge oil painting You know and from what I was told Is that they receive it But you know they receive so much stuff So where we might actually see our painting Is when he does his library and, and oh, so we tried okay. to, to reach out and, you know, get the history record. You know, what we wanted to do with Bill Pickett was try to get him a Presidential Medal of Freedom for his accomplishments. And it wasn't, like I said, to me it wasn't just about the rodeo. 
I mean, he uh, he actually performed for the king and the queen of England, and the rule is the king never claps. Well, after Bill Pickett got done, the king clapped for him. So, wow. and that was that was Queen Elizabeth's and, dad. And and and, and Joel, if you can hit this again, pretty hard, because this is what I've learned with black people. Only because we're full of white supremacy, a lot of us, if we just tell the truth, we are. We just taught and raised by white people. So how are we gonna know any different? But a lot of times when we hear people like Bill Pickett and all the things you're saying, this rose through our mind. Yeah, he was great, but he was just trying to be like the white cowboys. Can you address that question? I know somebody somewhere. I, absolutely, absolutely not. He was he was the he was Will Rogers. Will Rogers was my uncle's helper. Uh, they had he 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 was in a show called the One Hundred One Wild West Show. Which was a made up of a. It was like a show. So they had Indians, vaqueros, which are Hispanic cowboys. They had a band, and then they had the cowboys who did tricks. And Will Rogers did a rope trick. Uh, you know, the Will Rogers who ended up with the radio show and all that. Tom Mix who went on to be one of the most famous television cowboys. And they, Bill, my uncle taught them how to cowboy. And so when they had the 101 Wild West show, Bill Pickett's name was actually. The the only name that was on the headline, it was the 101 Wild West show featuring the Dusky Demon. Now the reason he was called the Dusky Demon is because he invented steel wrestling. But when they had events where they were competing for steel wrestling competitions, he was not allowed to compete because he was black, even though he invented it. So. Mm-hmm. You know, to to not be allowed to uh, compete in an event that you he wasn't allowed to compete till he was probably in his fifties. Well, well, listen, Joe. Uh, let me just say this: I'm enjoying this. I'm so enjoying this. I look at the time, and I got so. And this is how you know when a conversation is good when you look at the time and it flies. I was supposed to bring on William B. at nine. 30 and it's 9.46. Hopefully he'll forgive me. But it's been good and it's been something that needs to be said. You know, black cowboys have just been pushing the back and the back and the back. So I want to give you plenty of time to kind of get it all out. But we've got some very important things to say about what is coming up and us voting and getting ourselves together to uh, create a strong Congress to buffet this new president. So he's going to be talking about how we need to come together and vote and and strategy of getting uh, some help in there to to slow this man down so we won't be just you know <laughs> so I've uh, got definitely got to bring him up. But yeah. listen, I want to thank you for coming on and I hopefully you'll Absolutely. be able to come on a little later on because Black History is another it's for the whole month. But even after Black History is what I'm talking about. Hopefully you can come on and just talk more about. Oh yeah, man. Your, Anytime uh, you want me to come back on. Feel free to call me. Um, you know, I'm available most evenings. Right now I got to go in and take care of my daughter and get her ready for the night. But um, I just want I felt like this was really important. I know if Ursula calls me, my sister, then it's really something that needs to be done. Uh, she's yeah. no nonsense. So she's not going to call me and, you know, say, hey, Gerald, can you do this? And, and it not be very important, um, you know, for for everybody involved. So I want to I wanna thank you all for inviting me and, allow me to, to rant a little bit. You know, normally I don't get to, I, you know, these are a lot of conversations that you don't get to have. They're few and far between. So I appreciate being able to have the, the intellectual conversation with people that actually understand what I'm saying. Well, and, it's, and, and thank you for really keeping America 
informed about your uncle. He was a great man, it sounds. And this is a wholesome story, and it's a shame people don't get what you're saying, and you don't get more respect. And hopefully you hear from President Obama at some point. God bless you, brother. Appreciate oh, it. Yes, sir. God bless you, too. Thank you, and thank you, Ms. Darlene. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, y'all, y'all have a good night. God bless. All right, God bless. Uh, well, now, we had that kind of uh, information. That was pretty, pretty, pretty straight from the... Straight from the source. Well, let's do this. Let's jump right, straight right. to San Antonio, take a plane, take a cruise down to San Antonio. And uh, uh, William, if this is you, I think this is you. I'm assuming now. This is a 210 number. If this is you, go ahead and press 1. And uh, let me just go to the number. I think I'm pretty sure this is it. Erico, 210-653. William B., is that you? Yes, yes, I'm here. How are you doing, sir? Hello. Do- doing well. I've, I've enjoyed so very much. uh uh, you know the previous guest, though. I mean, he he, he was just outstanding. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's just a it's a blessing that his sister chose him to come on. She knew what she was doing, didn't she? Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. I just was so blessed by that and just history and and hearing all the challenges. That's why I tell my kids and anybody else that listen, we cannot ever exaggerate because there's too many of us that's not this story is just not being told there's so many things you know who would have thought that number one I didn't know why America even acknowledged him I thought that was just a black history thing but then mm-hmm. to see that he was the greatest cowboy of all time according to what I'm looking on the internet according to what his, what his nephew was just saying it was just that was just a blessing well William what's going on man or what you <laughs> We done beat up Trump. We done beat up Trump so much on this show, it ain't funny. So give us some hope, brother. I mean, I know we've given out yeah. already some hope, but give us more hope. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not uh, totally prepared as much as I would, would like to be, I guess. But, uh, you know, we all know what we're what we're dealing with. But if you would allow me 30 seconds to just jump back on the Taylor thing, I, I heard to gentlemen say that Taylor has a city manager that's black. Uh, it, it shows me and that's heavyweight, you know, I mean, a city manager that way, and I think they may have had a previous black uh, uh, mayor and such. Uh, you know, that that's interesting when these big cities sometimes uh, sometime do that, but it appears that small towns may be uh, the place for us to sometimes focus on. Maybe never now I need to move back. You know, uh-huh. Taylor, I'd be there a couple of years and run for office or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, I, I just enjoyed that, uh, you know, so so very much. I mean, that history. We can never get enough of our own history. And, and just the fact that uh, I'm more convinced than ever that, that we, 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 we're, we're better than I've been led to believe. I mean, we, we, can, we as a people can do anything, given the opportunity. I mean, we really, really can, and we have. So... We have no reason to hold our head down. We should hold our heads high as Africans, as, as Africans in America, and just move on ahead, understanding that we're, we're well made by the Creator and we're very, very capable of doing whatever. Now, so, so much for that. But on to uh, the president. Uh, we, we understand what we're facing. He was uh, elected, you know, the uh, Electoral College uh, chose him. Although uh, Miss Clinton, as I understand it, received what almost three million more votes, more yeah. popular 65, votes. Sixty-five million. Yeah. 
in terms of popular vote, but that's not the way the system works. system works, uh, the Electoral College uh, makes that determination. So that's just the way it is. However, I think many Americans are beginning to uh, wake up and notice what has happened here. And I'm sure, I think a lot of people are, are kind of wondering, what have we done? Because uh, this presidency could have long-term, and I believe it will have long-term effects. And some of it may very well uh, be very, very damaging in terms of our image uh, in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And future, and future presidents will have more of a challenge. I see him really as a one-termer, if he makes one term. <laughs> Do you think he'll make it through the first term? I, I kind of doubt it, the way this thing is shaping up. I, I, I well, really don't know. I want to just add one little two cent to what you just said, William, and I want you to finish because mm-hmm. I want you to talk about that strategy. But yeah, it depends on how wicked he is. He can set yeah. it up to where he don't he don't leave. I mean, or not he <clears throat> put it like this, man. It just depends because this this gag order that he's doing, where he's got agencies not being able to talk, yeah. is major. Just think if you can go around and silence all of your enemies to where they can't say anything about you. You can make yourself look like a good guy, and that's what he's doing. But go ahead. Well, he, he really can't silence uh, a free press, though. I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, he can't just do that with a wave of, a, you know, of his magic wand. I mean, he may do that with some government workers on the inside, yeah. but we have a free press in this country, and I think – uh, we will start to appreciate them more and more as time goes on. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing many people believe, and I probably agree that, I, I kind of think he may be in over his head, so he's really feeling for straws and trying to find ways to stay in the headlines and such and allow the generals and his other folks who surround him to really make decisions. He'll just sign off on it and what have you. But uh, he, he he's, he's certainly in a predicament that, I don't believe he could foresee, and he's going to have some challenges, and the court's going to, I believe, rule in some ways that's going to uh, disturb him very much because they they, may, they just probably won't agree with him and many of these uh, things that he's uh, churning out. So it's going to be interesting. But in two years, though, we will be voting again. Actually, next year, 2018, we'll have a shot at the U.S. House of Representatives, and there will be an opportunity to Add some more numbers to people of goodwill uh, to uh, to kind of balance this situation out. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me in terms of how many in the House of uh, of the Senate, for example, in the House who who are running. I believe the House is elected every every two years, so that's an opportunity to have at least one body uh, that uh, the Democrats control. Not that the Democrats are perfect. But it's certainly a, uh, a better choice, I believe, than than the other side, who seem to have come together despite the fact that this is a guy that many of them uh, don't really want either. I don't think, but they're they're holding tight, they're holding together. I noticed that the Secretary of Education made it through today, Miss Boss, I think her name mm-hmm. is, and that that was uh, at least two Republicans, I think, chose to uh, vote in a way to. Uh, uh, send her a message, but the vice president broke the tie, didn't he? And uh, and therefore she will be uh, the uh, secretary of education, despite 
uh, her flaws in the in the eyes of many people. So here we go. But again, that's the way the system works. Uh, perhaps this is a lesson to a lot of people, civic lesson, if you will, on how this situation works. So in the future, they'll understand how important it is, Seth and Darlene, to really get out and register and, in fact, vote. Uh, this idea about my vote won't make any difference. You know, a person should be, you know, we, we should develop some kind of uh, penalty of some sort for anybody, you know, who's part of our and vote, otherwise choose not to. I mean, that's just the most ridiculous thing that we could possibly do. Do that. Registration comes first, and then an intelligent, informed vote later. You were informed, didn't it? You know, we got to start being informed. And I don't claim to to be, you know, that informed, but all of us should know a little bit about how this thing works, and who's running, and what's in it for us. You know, that's not asking too much. A phone call to Austin and Washington and your city council and county uh, folk uh, is just fairly easy to do. And we've got to get over this thing about we don't do that. Well, we better start doing that. Contact these people who claim to represent you. You know, uh, let them know what you're thinking. Let's just flat do that. Black people in America should be the first ones to be the most politically active based on what we've gone through, it seems to me. We we should be the most politically active group in the land. And there's a few, but I believe not not enough. So uh we 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 we've got some challenges ahead. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, sometimes I'm thinking of a scripture, um, William and Darlene that mm-hmm. says Pride, pride goeth before the fall. That's right. This is a very powerful man, and I think he is going to embarrass the whole nation. Uh, family, just everybody reminded, uh, just got the little reminder in my ear telling me you've got one minute. Anybody that clicked on the link to listen to the show, you clicked on the link and you call the phone number, you're going to be disconnecting like 30 seconds. Call the phone number. Call the phone number quickly, quickly, quickly. That's 914-205-5590. But uh, I think Trump, you know, uh, Darlene made a very good suggestion. Hopefully she don't mind me saying this, but she was talking about, you know, he's in now. And we just beating him up, beating him up is not productive. We need to talk about solutions. And I think she's right. You know, uh, and, and, and I don't want it to be a show where we just, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, for lack of a better word, something to say bitching. But uh, we, those millions of people that are still protesting all over the world. Mm-hmm. Protest is something. We split. Some people I talk to say they need to go home and forget it. <laughs> Other people say no. Put pressure, pressure. So I don't know. I'm kind of split. Uh, yeah. I, you know what, William and, and Darling, I've, I've even changed. Oh. I've even changed my stance on Trump. Y'all going to be sh- probably shocked to hear this. But I actually believe now right. that it's God's will that he should have won. This is just your cousin talking. I could be way off. Y'all might think I'm cuckoo. Yeah. Okay, we cousin. Yeah. We can do that. <laughs> but I actually think it's God's will that he wins. 
but not because he has morals, not because he's going to do good for the country, but because he is going to be used as God to judge this nation, meaning he's going to be used, God is going to use this man to show everybody the true heart of America. We've been feeling this, this what he's been saying from whites forever, but they say, yeah. y'all full of racism. We've been saying whites don't want us here. Y'all racist. But white people love us. The, 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 the playing field is level. I'm having to tell me all the time. Seth, you talk so much about black and white. Why is it unchanged? That's the old days. Well, could it be like God has allowed with Nebuchadnezzar? He did that with Saul. He raised up people to chastise his people so they can get on their knees and call on him for their deliverance. Because black people do have a moral issue. That's why we can't spend our money. You know, that's why we don't spend our money among each other. That's why we're, we're not collectively together. That's why we, we, we're mistreating each other. We don't have that love we should have. It's because it's a spiritual issue with us. When oppression happened to us, William and Darlene, like yeah. with the slaves, you come together. In the 60s, 50s, 40s, when we could see those black and white fountains, we knew it was different. We knew that they didn't want yeah. us, and we came together. Well, Trump could be. It's just an idea. I believe he is going to be used of God to act a complete fool. God is not agreeing with his action. God is just going to allow him to come and get in there, and he's going to be who he say he's going to be. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. And it's going to embarrass this world, embarrass him. Embarrass white males, embarrass white supremacy. People going to be able to see racism. America really is racist. Oh, my gosh. Black people are right. Black people are right. They really do not like them. All these foreigners. I'm coming to America because it's so free. It's so free. Now they're sin. You do. <laughs> you see, that is what God is going to use Trump for. I do believe that he's God's choice. Now, does that mean I believe he's going to stay for four years? Maybe not. He could be impeached in another five months. But he has already conducted the experiment. I'm already hearing black people talk different. I'm already hearing foreigners saying many of my people have already started to go back home. Why? Everybody is waking up. You say what you want to say, family. <laughs> I hear you laughing, William. But this man has woke us up. And people who ain't hit their knees in a long time is hitting their knees. And people that don't read their Bible may not understand what I'm talking about, but God has used wicked people, William, and Darlene and family. Yeah. He has used it, look in your Bible, to chastise his people when they went astray to bring them back home. And that's what I think, that's the only thing I can see good out of this Trump presidency, because he is acting a fool right now. Well, from my vantage point, I don't disagree with you. You know, uh, matter of fact, uh, God has worked it in a way that a president who I believe was a class act in the first family, the Obamas, that uh, election was a uh, was done on purpose as well. That was there God in action. So, so they both were. The fact that he preceded uh, this individual. Uh, was part of the plan. So yes, I don't I don't disagree with that. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes uh, if someone comes along that uh, uh, sometimes we as a people, Africans in America as people, uh, we we really need to be forced 
to start to get along with one another, love one another, and uh, help one another, and be brotherly and sisterly. Uh, we, we just can't seem to do that when times are good, but when times tighten up, some folks are saying we may have a recession in this country or even a depression. So in cases like that where we have to get together to survive, I think you'll find us getting together uh, more, and that, that could serve a useful purpose. Uh, yeah. If in fact that's if in fact that's the case, I don't I don't disagree with that. We have to learn from history. Remember the Montgomery boycott. Black people yeah. got just a little bit, a little bit uppity, a little bit. You know, we weren't talking as much. That boycott happened. What happened? You start walking. When they did the boycott, you, when you walk into work, neighbors would pick each other up and they talked about it. They said how they wasn't really that talking to, to to their neighbors until they started having to take them to work. That Montgomery yeah. boycott did something us as a people, and I just think I'm looking at us as a people, William and darling right. and family. I'm looking at us. I'm saying. Looks like we're getting further away from God. Looks like we don't care for the Bible. Looks like we don't care for prayer. Looks like we, 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 it's all about money. It's all about money. Everybody, church, money. Second of all, money, money, money. It's just about things, things, things. And they say we are already right now as the seventh richest nation. We have the buying power, nine hundred billion dollar buying power right now, right now in our state, right now. Seventh richest nation, but they say the dollar comes into the community and it leaves in 15 minutes. You just heard the, the lady saying that, yeah. and uh, it used to come into the community and change hands up to a hundred times. That's the truth. Okay, so what has happened to us? So Hillary was my vote, and Bernie was your vote. I actually would have probably changed the Bernie. I began to like him more and more after you started talking. About it, I started listening to him. Okay, uh-huh. if Hillary would have got in. It would have been business as usual. We wouldn't have changed. Sure we would. Have ch- we we would have just stayed the way we are, saying everything's okay. But, yeah, and this, but this Trump, this Trump is—he is letting us know. He went and hired Steve Bannon, a white supremacist, bribards <laughs> Steve Bannon, a white supremacist in 2017. Absolutely. And the people went crazy. The people went to the streets. Black folks still don't even know what I'm talking about, half of them. But the whites know, and they went to the streets by the millions all throughout Europe, millions, because they see what this man has done. And guess what? Nothing is done. I think I'm looking, and I'm just talking, y'all. We're just talking. You know, I got a strong opinion, but it don't mean it's right. I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, could it be? That God love us so that he want us back in his presence. And the only way, only way Israel or African American, some people don't believe we, I understand that. But he loves us as a people, family, and oppression will bring us to our knees. Oppression. And, and William, and, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. And I'm looking at the phone line. Remember, family, you know, we all want to jump in here. Just press one, press one. I'm looking. This phone line is lit up, and I'm not playing. A lot of right. family listening tonight. But uh, real quick, uh, if oppression comes like they're saying, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking at stuff, and I, I even don't even halfway want to say it because I don't want to scare nobody. But I saw someone on CNN that hit me in a way, and I know that lady online because she went to the computer and she said, white supremacist white supremacist cell groups is quadrupling 
Mm. They're so strong. They're picking up a certain part of the Internet. They're going. What they're doing, their strategy is they're lying on black people. This is the white lady. On CNN, CNN is not some little major, net, I mean, not some little minor network. It's a huge oh, network no, of millions of people listening. And yeah. she said that they're lying on black people. They're saying that they're doing this. They're doing that same rape thing, kind of like what we heard earlier on the show. That same mm-hmm. lie. They're doing this. They're 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 they coming to yeah. neighborhoods and the crime. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of young white males is taking yeah. it upon themselves to join these organizations, and it's just based on a lie. So we better be somewhere praying, darling, and William, and we better be somewhere watching what we say. Not cowing down. We should continue to network like we're doing right now. But yeah. on these jobs, show show love, which we should be doing all along. But we have to be very careful moving forward. And we hit one more time politically what needs to be done. Is it in two years or, or is it next year? Well, uh, 2018, you know, two years from the 16th vote. That's what it was. But, yeah, next year, 2018, November. Uh, and, and some cities, of course, will be voting for mayors and city council folk prior. San Antonio will be voting for mayor and city council in May. So, But I think we should start to focus on local as well. See, we've been sort of, mm-hmm. as a people, I think, ignoring local uh, uh, elections too much, county and city and, and other kinds of things. We didn't wait until the sexy national vote for president. Well, that's cool, but... Mm-hmm. That's not enough, and that's not really doing it for us. We got to start right here where we live to uh, start to impact these folks who's going to impact our daily lives, and and start to uh, you know start to really do that right here at home. But no, next year is a big year. That that's that, that's when we really do it. But you mentioned I think this thing about marching, and I heard a question in there. I thought that said something to the fact: Is that effective? And is marching serving a useful purpose anymore? Well, uh, you know, people have different views on that, and I can understand why. Uh, that's not the answer. Of course not. You know, you can get out and march till the cows come home, if you will, and, and that's not really, you know, that's not really going to do a whole heck of a lot, at least not anymore, because the shock uh, part of it, you know, I think, uh, you know, sometimes that can wear off, and it's almost useless. However, I think while we're working on it politically, Getting, you know, uh, running ourselves for office and running people for office and involving ourselves politically, becoming informed and staying on top of the situation, calling, writing, and making contact with our representatives like we are uh, true Americans, like we should be doing. Uh, we should be doing all of that. But, yeah, keep the pressure on with numbers. Numbers, I think, do matter. You know, two or 3,000 folks go downtown San Antonio and, and uh, you know, have a – uh, get together on City Hall, that's going to make the news, and, and, and that's going to, you know, get somebody's attention. So, yeah, we, we we need to continue to do both. I call it a dual-track approach, not one or the other, but both. Uh, that's, that, that's what I would like to see. And what it does, if it's international, if they're marching in London, and we're talking about big numbers, but we're not talking about no yeah. couple of thousands no more. It's... Ten right. thousand. I mean, I mean, crazy. Islamic nations is joining on. This is serious, and it's going to die down. Believe me, it's going to die down, and that's what's going to be mm-hmm. sad. But what happens is, mm-hmm. from a um, image standpoint, if they continue to march, it's going to put pressure on congressional people saying, "Hey, our 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 name is being tainted." And what'll happen is. They'll just watch Trump closer, look for more things like they did with Obama, and when people 
has on the white gloves, oh, yeah, they can find stuff out. Like the one judge in oh, yeah. Seattle, I know y'all heard about it, yeah. where they actually challenge, and they may be overturn- overturning this banning order on those seven nations based upon one judge in Seattle. Well, that's being appealed, though, so. <laughs> we got, what I we mean is we don't know which way it's going to go is what I'm trying to yeah, say. The fact that one person did something, imagine if yeah. all the judges in all the states started swinging like that, just like that. Well, well, federal judges uh, have, uh, you know, ha- have the power, you know, to, to a large extent, and that's why uh, folk who go to law school, you know, who are decent individuals, should be encouraged to uh, in Texas uh, run for uh, you know to be a judge locally, statewide, and what have you. We we got to get decent people to run and support them. And we're not just talking all one complexion or another. Decent people comes in various colors. So if they're decent, by golly, support them and push them up there so they can make the hard decision if and when it comes to it. Because the judiciary is very very. Very, very important. If we want to keep our freedoms and liberties uh, as Americans, uh, you know that that's so. It's just crucial, really. Our judiciary. Well, let's do this, uh, darling. You got anything? And if if you, if I like for you to just have a say, and then we'll take a little short break and we'll wrap the show when we come back. Okay. Darling, okay. you got anything? Uh, no, I was just happy to hear him say. Uncle William say that um, you know we need to be focused on the local. You know the dealers you start at home first, and um, it's just some things we need to get out to the people. Yeah. You know, yes. I for one um, didn't do this on the local. Yes, I, I, for a while. I, I think you're right, William. He's only going to be a one-term president. One term. I think people just remember the Trump we first saw when we first heard him, when he first entered the race. Everybody said he was a joke. So people kept that perception because he'd never, ever shut up. He kept (laughs) saying crazy stuff. So when he ended up being the nominee, we just said, well, it's just still a fluke. And we knew. Just yeah. knew that our precious white brothers and sisters that go to church with us and they worship with yeah. us and they work sure. with us would never in a Christian. billion years. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they picked this man. I mean, he didn't win the popular vote, but still <laughs> 62 million votes. Absolutely. That's like when you go to the lawn, that's like when you go to the to the grocery store. Just look around you, folks. That's one out of every two people. Nobody want to say they voted for him, though. And that's even <laughs> scarier. <laughs> I tell you, you know. They, but they're religious these, right. <laughs> Go ahead. What are you saying? I say many of these people consider themselves uh, good Christians, if you will, God-fearing. And and, and guess what? Uh, their their definition of Christian, it, it, it's, it's different from what uh, black people, at least that I know, uh, have been uh, led to believe. It's almost like they taught us one thing, because they're the one that introduced Christianity to us, you know, after we got over here, and they seem to have taught us one thing, and they've been practicing something else. It, it's all, it almost seems, and it, it, it's the darnest thing, you know, you ever seen when you really 
really, really think about it. Kind of like the guy in Africa said that uh, you might have heard this, that when, when uh, there was a time, I think South Africa, where the, the white man came, and when the white man came, uh, the Africans had the land, white man had the Bible. And then in a few years, he left, uh, white man had the land, and, and they had the Bible. So there's a message wow. in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I mean, that. there's I've a message that. in there somewhere. Yeah, it is. That that is a serious message in there. And I want to say this: it is the Bible twisted. It is not the Bible the way it really is. It was All the right. Bible with the white images forced in yeah. there by yeah. the Pope telling Michelangelo paint render a painting of of, of Christ and the disciples yeah. white. And then going yeah. throughout the world, destroying images and burning out Alexandria uh, libraries and just changing everything. So yeah. now we just will swell up and down. That Bible is full of Caucasians. No, no disrespect to nobody, but that is what happened. And people give me grief over me saying what I just said, and that's exactly what happened in our world. But anyway, folks, we want to take a little short, little quick break, okay. and then we'll come back and wrap this up, okay? Y'all down with sure. the break? Everybody okay with the break? All right, yes. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back, folks. We got Darlene on the line all the way from 
San Antonio as well. Austin. Oh, I'm tripping. Y'all can tell I'm trying to do three things at one time. Darling, your line is now open. Austin, Texas. William, your line is now open as well. All right, yeah. folks, we can go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, uh, William B., any more things you might have thought of over the break with regards to voting and getting active and making sure we make a change in November? Now, again, I, I thought about something I said earlier. I said that I felt like it was God's will. That don't mean I believe we should have voted for Trump. I think we should have voted for the best candidate. And I believe that God is going to allow wicked, the wicked, or whoever to put Trump in there. But looking at everything, I promise y'all, I honestly believe it's the will of God for that man that won. But it's kind of like this. Remember when when Jesus said, Yeshua, Jesus said, it was written that Judas was supposed to betray him. Even though he picked him. <laughs> he picked the man, but he said it's God's will, it's the Father's will that he betray him. He said, but Lord, to he who do it. It was, it was God's will that, that Christ pick him. But woe unto Judas for making that decision. And that's how I look at it. It's God's will that Trump be there. But woe unto him when he started making these bad decisions, when he started oppressing people. But I think there needs to be a wake-up call to all of America. Whites need to know, because a lot of whites, and I'm about done here, but a lot of whites are blind, too. They honestly think black people are just making this stuff up. We've gotten, Facebook has helped us out with Facebook Live. We've been able to see the police shooting, how they treat us. And they kind of come around, and they have joined Black Lives Matter and a lot of other organizations, a lot of our white businesses I'm talking about. They see, they see, they see. It's okay, okay, blacks, we see. You guys do have it hard. But I don't think they have a clue with what we're really going through. And unfortunately, even family members, under the sound of my voice, on this phone line, don't have a clue with where they live and really what kind of situation we're in. But when God get through, Doing what he do, we're going to all know about the United Snakes of America. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, William B., let's wrap this show up. Um, any last uh, words? Well, yeah. They are uh, United like, Snakes. I like to start it off by saying, uh, you know, that theme song of yours, you know, I'm just loving that. I mean, I go around in circles. I mean, I mean, that really, that really take me back. I mean, you know, music is just so, so important to black people, certainly important to me. I mean, we, we, we're just the best. I mean, uh, we're, we're the best at doing anything that we provide an opportunity to do. We, we, we're just the best at it, it seems. And we, we, we just don't have to apologize for that. You know, any song you put on that's put together by uh, some of us, it appears to just really be something something special. But back to politics, uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea, you know, and, and, and that's and that's clear and that's understood. However, it impacts our lives in such a way that whether it's your cup of tea or not, uh, you need to go ahead and drink some of it. You know, come on. I mean, your life, your life sometimes may depend upon it. I mean, actually, our, the quality of our lives is oftentimes dictated by who we vote for in various offices. I mean, so to just ignore that fact is, 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 is I don't know what you call it. It's almost stupid to just ignore that. We've got to be involved as a people. 
We need to be first in line when time to vote. We need to carry our brothers and cousins and, you know, uh, everybody we can to do that. And let's make a difference and vote in mass, starting as uh, Darlene suggested, you know, locally. And just going to any time there's a vote, by God, we need to be first in line. And just do that automatically. Do it for Grandpa. Do it for Grandma and those who couldn't. Do it for them. Do it out of respect for them and their sacrifices. Let's not just sit on our rears. Let's get up there and do it. Make a difference because we have it in our hands to do if enough of us would do it. I appreciate your program. appreciate the gentleman talking about Taylor and uh, Bill Pickett. I learned a heck of a lot. He's an excellent spokesman for the Bill Pickett uh, Foundation or whatever yes, he is. Is that he's running. He's doing one hell of a job. When yes. I'm going through Taylor next time, we go through Taylor periodically, and I believe that's why we stopped him and I. Heck, we'll look up his spot and just maybe drop the heck in there because Taylor, Texas is in the neck of the woods that we're familiar with, and I, I appreciate his coming on very much. Appreciate your show, Seth, what you and Darlene are doing. And y'all have a good evening. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, folks, that was William B. all the way from San Antonio. Always speaks his mind very clear and, and, and uh, never have to worry what's really, really mean. And so let's do that in November. And I just would say one more thing based upon what William said and let Darlene have uh, uh, her last words. Again, I do believe that the father is up to something, but we are supposed to do the right thing. We're supposed to vote for the best candidate that we that we know of and let God do what he want to do, bring in Trump in or whoever else he want to bring in. But we, I don't think, I'm not saying the church is supposed to vote for Trump. I'm just saying I think it was God's will he win. Maybe God was going to use the wicked to vote. And then put him in there, and God does what we do. But y'all, I'm telling you, I know a lot of y'all are not no scripture thumpers, and then some of y'all are even better than I am. But I promise you, throughout the scriptures, God does just that. He bring up wicked people that just morally wicked, cruel enemies of Israel, and he would have those people to rule over them. Remember he said he was going to scatter them throughout the four corners? That was to their enemies, to use them. And he said, you'll cry, you'll call me, you'll call on me then. And that's exactly what they did. Egypt, Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, I can just name them, Saul, enemies of the church that God used to, to bring them into a closer relationship with him. So I know I got that part right anyway. Darling, go ahead with whatever you want to say, last words about all that you've heard. You've heard about Tulsa. Um, you've heard about the Black Cowboys. Sir William, you heard me. You've heard a lot. Um, final words, please. And hold on a second. Hold on. I got the wrong line open. So my bad. Somebody's line was open there, and they didn't even know it. <sighs> Erico, 512-922. Darling, sorry about that. I had the wrong line open. Go ahead with your final words, please. I agree with you as far as God will, and then God is, like that song says, God is trying to tell us something. And, and you know, like Uncle William was saying, that we need to get together we as the people. And um, I think I, I remember a little bit, like I was saying about Tulsa, but more so about 
Rosewood, I guess, because I saw the movie and went and looked it up. And there's probably one out there, too. Everything tonight was great. I learned a lot tonight. And uh, um, Bill Pickett, I worked side by side with his with his great great niece. So, and she would say a little things here and little things there. And I guess it stuck because that's been 20 years ago. So, um, great show tonight. I really like the yes. show tonight. Very yes. educational. Well, thank you for bringing him on. That was that was really good. And this is why I say, y'all, Darlene is is very important to this to this show. And I thank you for everything, cousin. And uh, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap and get out of here. And uh, remember, next week, everybody, next week is not a family show. I'll be doing my own personal thing, darling. Thank you for for I know you got to get to bed, so thank you for for coming on and bringing the guests and all the things you did. You really have to show tonight, okay? Okay, no problem. We work together on it. You have yes, a good night. Yes. All right, God bless. Well, that was Darlene Douglas, all the way from San Antonio, and I'm going to rush and wrap this show really quickly. But uh, let me make sure I got everything. But next week, next week, folks, we're going to be swinging, swinging, swinging. Uh, on, I'm not going to go into what it is yet, but just tune in next week. Tune in next week. It will not be a family show, all right? I'm letting you all know it right now. While I keep saying that, because... The family show is designed for us to get to know each other, to work together. To, to It's all about family. Next week, we're going to be talking about maybe Trump, maybe talking about white supremacy, because I'm telling you, I know what these white supremacists are trying to do. They're trying to get this country back. And uh, the righteous needs to remember to, to go with God, stay with God. We're going, to be, we're going to be talking about how to survive. I can tell you that. Whatever topic we're going to be talking about, it's going to have something to do with loving your neighbor and surviving, and it's going to be based on love, but it might be some tough love come next Tuesday, all right? And then the week after that, we'll go back to our family show talking about uh, keeping it positive and, 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 and getting to know one another along that format, all right? So God bless every single one of you, family members. Again, the phone line is really, really full. I'm 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 shocked. Y'all must really enjoyed the show tonight. Well, anyway, this last song, you know, I put a lot into the first and last song. This last song is for those of you that have been working hard for the Father. Often unappreciated. Don't seem like you're going nowhere. Sometimes you feel like you're just wasting your life. You just, you're always there for others. People are not always there for you. This song, in the middle of this storm that Trump is stirring up, this song, this song is for you, for sure. I love every single one of y'all. It ain't nothing you can do about it. God bless you. Actually, I'm sorry. That is not the song. Hold on, folks. I got to play the right song on this one. Got to play the right song. All right, here we go. This is the right song. God bless. Faithful 
done all that you could do. And for your faithfulness, it's your time. You applauded for the rest. Now it's your time to be blessed. And for your faithfulness, it's your Don't get discouraged 
Don't give up. Hang in there. And prepare yourself for your blessing. It's your time now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.